0: Hello and welcome. Thank you all for joining. I'm David Widmar, co-founder of Ag Economic Insights. Today's August the 12th, and we have a lot to unpack, a lot to cover. Of course, the August Wadzy report came out, trimmed corn yields again, boosted soybeans yield just a little bit. So, want we'll to talk about that. We'll also talk a little bit about farmland values, and of course, exchange rates. Recent articles that we've written on AEI Premium. So, to get started, wanted to put together a couple slides. Wanted to share with you. Around our thinking, you know, summarize a little bit of what we've seen with respect to the latest WASI report. So first off, USDA did pull back, planted acres just a a little bit on corn, pulled out 100,000 acres here. They also pulled down yield. So we were at 177. Remember 181 is sort of trend normal, 175.4, taken together, that pulls out total supply again. So production is down, total supply has slipped below 16 billion bushels at 15.9. So when we work through here, we've also saw that exports got trimmed a little bit, total usage is trimmed a little bit. So we trimmed production, but we've trimmed usage as well. That brings us to an ending stock situation of about 1.4 billion bushels, 1.388 billion more specifically. The farm market average year price hasn't changed all that much from the July estimate. But when you look at the stocks to use, we're sitting now at a 9.6% stock to use ratio. That's down from 10.1, so about a half a percent adjustment. And as consistent to where we were back in June, you know, again, that long run average is closer to 13%. So a smaller corn crop shaping up, but not necessarily a Huge adjustment, not necessarily a large shift. So they pulled 1.6 bushel per acre out of the national trend. So, about soybeans, just a little bit. They actually trimmed harvested acres and planted acres by 300,000 acres, and then they added four tenths of a bushel. So, in general, total supply increased about 40 million bushels, not a huge change, about 36 million bushels. More specifically. And then, of course, they bumped usage up just a little bit. Usage is actually improving. So we had a kind of a net here of ending stocks increasing just a little bit. And that from 230 million bushels to 245 million bushels. And they lowered the farm average price from 1440 last month to 1435. So we have a stocks to use ratio for soybeans that increased just a little bit. It's up to 5.4% 5.4% up from 5.1% back in July. And back in May, of course, we were sitting somewhere around 6.8%. So, in general, soybeans have been trending a little bit tighter. This is a little bit of an uptick here on the soybean side. So, you know, providing you just a quick overview, of course, check your forecast network scores. A big surprise there, given where the consensus was as to where soybean finally ended up. So you're going to want to take a look at that, a zero in your scores, think about what your expectations are. And still a lot of growing season left, still a lot of uncertainty left. We'll update a post that we write every year about how much change there could be from now through the final, including September and October. It's always surprising to me how much change could still be in play, even in September and October for corn and soybean yields. Shifting gears just a little bit couple highlights of articles we wrote this week on the AEI premium site. First one is around the US dollar. And this is really can feel a little bit abstract for most of us here, because we don't think about exchange rates all that much unless we're in the import export business. But in general, it's important because international buyers of grain have to first buy dollars. And the purchasing power that international buyers have can be impacted by the price of commodities, but also the price of the currency of the U.S. dollar relative to their local currency. So in general, the U.S. dollar has been strengthening, really been strengthening against advanced economies, uh, not so much against emerging economies, but against advanced economies. And so what we did this week is we dove in a little bit and looked at some of the trends for corn and soybeans. And the chart that I really want to spend a little bit of time focusing on is the last time we had commodity prices about this high was 2012, 2013. And so they're roughly about the same, but that was a period that had a low or cheap dollar, a weak dollar or a cheap dollar. Today we have a strong dollar and high commodity prices. And that means that while U.S. farmers haven't seen a price that's all that much different, than where we were a decade ago, some of our international buyers are facing much, much different buying situations. So for instance, Japan and Mexico are facing a significantly higher corn price than what they were a while back ago. And some of this is due to exchange rates, but a lot of the upturn, especially in the last last year or two, has been because of high commodity prices. But the exchange rate has been making it extra difficult for some international buyers, especially Japan and Mexico, especially when we compare it to conditions just a decade ago. So that's going to be important to you know keep in the back of our mind. I'm going to write another article here about this, but what makes exchange rates so difficult is that it's relative prices and it's elasticities, what we wrote about in that, what we're thinking about memo a couple of weeks ago. So first of all, it's a lot of relative prices. So each commodity is going to have a different That US exports is going to have a different trade-weighted index. We'll talk about that in another article. But also, you know, even China, our grain buyers are going to have different challenges. And so they might be able to buy from the US, they might be able to buy from South America. How much can they switch? How much elasticity do they have? Being able to switch between grain buyers. And so it's sometimes there's can be big adjustments, but oftentimes there are small adjustments. But it does impact, you know, purchasing power and how much is there to purchase. Second article here, man, the big surprise came up this week was Indiana farmland values. We had an Ag Forecast Network question about this. We put the market at 15% higher rates year over year. It came in at 31% for top quality farmland values, a huge increase. If you go back to the 2019 sort of low point, back in 2019, top quality farmland values were $8,212 an acre. Today, they're at $12,808. So about a $4,000 an acre Increase that's about fifty-six percent in three years seems like a astronomical, and it is. But it's worth noting that we had a seventy-three percent increase in farmland values from twenty ten to twenty thirteen in this data series. What does this tell us? It tells us that farmland values historically go through periods of big changes, and so it's very common to see small changes from year to year. And then there's a lot of years with small changes. A few years with negative changes and a few years with really big changes. So how does 31% annual change stack up? Well, we had about a a 14% change last year. In the 2010 to 2012 window, we had several years near 20%, one year above 20%. But you really have to go back to the mid-1970s. We had a larger than 30% increase in 1976 and about 41% increase in 1977. So this year's change is certainly not used to anything we've seen in recent history, but not historically out of the realm of observations. We're going to continue to write more about this. It's worth noting that top quality Indiana farmland value have also posted an all-time high, $300 an acre. That edges out the previous high of $294 back in 2013. So big changes in farmland values Over the last decade, cash rents have kind of just came back to where they were. So we're going to continue to break this down and help you think through the latest implications and latest details, especially on capitalization rates and sort of the rent and how that rent fits into the budget situation. So a lot of ground covered here today. I wanted to remind you to update your forecast, check a look at your scores, and as always, stay curious. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks so much.